It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Paul George, blocked by Gobert, picked up by Ingles, outlet to Hayward, left side of the floor, attacks Teague, lays it up and in, a career high for Gordon Hayward, brings the Jazz within 3-100-97. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is locked on Jazz for the 21st of March. Jazz come back from the road trip. One and three. Not what we expected. Not what they needed. What has happened? We'll break that down. Plus, Adam Silver makes a pretty large statement, and we'll look at where the playoff race sits at this point. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Jazz fall last night in Indiana. Unfortunately, we'll talk a little bit about what I'm seeing that has happened uh, right now with his team and uh, where the playoff picture sits. Plus, uh, Adam Silver with some big comments. So that's all coming up. We'll do our regular pins across the world. This is Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much for subscribing or following or leaving five stars if you possibly can. It's all part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we're sure glad to have you uh, aboard the program and being a part of it. It's uh, really, really cool that you tune in every single day. The numbers are great, and I love your diehard and fan commitment. Remember, the uh, reunion game is – Coming for you on uh, Wednesday night against the Knicks, so that should be great if you if you don't have tickets already. Uh, also, how about the blue seats? That's like over a $3 million project, I heard, uh, to take out all the seats and put in all brand new ones. Wow, they are really upgrading uh, the building in a pretty awesome way. So that is, that is super cool uh, to see what they're doing. So... Um, Really, really, really uh, neat stuff. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, Our friends over there, Blake and and the crew at 4646 uh, South State Street. Uh, I'm very thankful for my Hyundai today, frankly. Uh, I was driving home last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, and evidently I was a little sleepier than I thought, and all of a sudden the beep, 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 beep went off and woke me up and uh, got really lucky last night because of the uh, the safety features on the Hyundai uh, last night. I'm driving the Santa Fe really 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 enjoy it it drives well it's got every bell every whistle the full length sunroof it's just it's it's everything you ever imagine then it's got the hundred thousand dollar uh hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand mile uh warranty that is signature to hyundai and uh, i i i'm just ecstatic about the experience from the heated steering wheel to the safety beeps that helped me out so much last night that was that was a little unnerving um really uh, every aspect of this car is is well done. Uh, feels like you're in, you know, 
the brand name that everybody talks about. And as I've said before on this, uh, I found out a little bit about Hyundai owners. That though they have a little secret, and once they see you in a Hyundai as well, they like to sh- – oh, how do you, where'd you get yours? How do you like it? Uh, it's as though they want to share with somebody else who found out the secret uh, as well. Maybe it's the Sonata Hybrid that's going to work for you. Maybe it's the Elantra. I'm, as I said, I'm in the uh, really enjoying the Santa Fe Sport uh, that I'm in right now. Murdoch family, they want to make sure you have no regrets when you're done with your experience. I got to know them uh, through the chases and uh, got to know Blake a little bit and look forward to spending more time with them. But really the signature to them is they want to make sure that your experience it matches to what their family stands for, and that's who the Murdochs are. So when you're looking for a car, put a Hyundai on the list and do the research and make sure that see if you can become one of the people who walks around suddenly realizing that you know a little bit else. Maybe you'll find out it's the Sonata, so beautifully priced right now for you. Maybe it's the Tucson. Maybe it's the Santa Fe I'm driving. Maybe it's the Elantra. Uh, Hyundai, 4646 South State Street in Murray, also in Linden and in Logan. Uh, Blake. Does a wonderful job over the 4646 South State Street. Tell them I said hi uh, when you head down there. Uh, they're also giving you a Blendtec blender with uh, a purchase. I actually met a guy at the Under Armour store in Chicago who was like, oh, I used to work for a company out of Utah, Blendtec. I was like, hey, that's cool. All right, uh, let's get to it. Let's get to our pin across the world to start the show today. We always like to open the show. I'm going to go to an old school uh, pin around the world. And feel free to send me yours. I got a nice one yesterday. D. Send them to me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. I, I feel like the show, I have like these pins from from way, 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 way long ago. And I, and I feel like I actually should go back to like the original ones um, because the show has grown so much. So I'm going to Dave North, and he says he sent this in on December 4th of 2015. That's how long we've been doing this. Uh, I've been a jazz fan for 30 years. My jazz story is very similar to many of those who've read on tip off. On, it was tip off then, locked on jazz. But right now, I'm enjoying watching my three boys develop their own passion for the jazz. It's truly exciting me uh, because of the jazz at the very beginning. My boys, Luke, Jack, and Sam, 10, 6, and 3, get to connect with these guys in ways I never was able to. They attend their junior jazz appearances to the players. They're excited to be there. They also participate in a junior NBA event at ZBBC with Rodney and Trevor Booker. And then yesterday they got treated to a game with, from Derek Favors simply because I posted a picture of them doing a good deed for a neighbor. That's the f- fr- Friday Favors that Derek was doing. I don't know if he still is. Uh, we're lucky to have the Millers, and we're lucky to have these players, and we're lucky to have the radio and podcast coverage uh, that we do. I can't thank the Jazz organization enough for the good that they brought into my life, and I'm excited for the good that they will bring into my boys' lives going forward. That's Dave North in West Jordan, Utah. I thought I'd just go old school there uh, for a second. All right, uh, Jazz come out of this road trip 1-3. and three. It's not great. Uh, it's not where we want to be. So let me just start with the – We'll talk. let's go to the impact of this. Uh, before we get into um, what's happened. So here's what I th- see now. On the, Here's the real bummer for the Jazz. Uh, in, when I did my breakdown, they have had two games that were in the 55 to 65% win category, and they've lost them both, uh, which means that they have three more games that are 80% or more chance of winning. Two games are 65% to 30 and one game that's again in that 55 to 65, one pick them, two games that they're on the wrong side of 35 to 45, uh, one that they have very little chance and one they have almost no chance. Uh, so looking at it the rest of the way, um, the Jazz have probably five, a sixth, 
and maybe a seventh win left on the schedule, which gets them to 50 wins. Unless they beat the Clippers in L.A. coming up on Saturday, I don't think home court's in play anymore. To get home court, I really believe you're going to have to beat the Clippers now. The scenario I had was if you could take two out of three from Chicago, Indiana, and Portland on the road, you didn't have to win in L.A. and get that tiebreaker. The Clippers have two more games that are 80% win or better. Four games left that are 65 to 80%. So that's that's six wins right there. Four games or three games left that are 55 to 65%. Now, these are the games, one of those against the Jazz, where if they're broken, we're going to know. But of those four, three of those games left, I suspect they get two of the three. That's what the odds would say. And one pick em game, give them that one. And suddenly they have six, uh, three, two more, eight, nine more wins uh, the rest of the way. At least that gets them... Uh, I think that gets them to 50, uh, if I'm right on that. And so that's where they then tie the Jazz. What gets – and then we have 4-5 or five going to L.A. What gets touchy here is Oklahoma City uh, is sitting at 49 projected wins and have the tiebreaker. So if the Jazz blink again, uh, as they have here in the last few, then all of a sudden your possibility slipping to six, and Memphis is playing really well floating around 48. Memphis is the interesting one. They have one certain win, which is 80% or more. Five games that are likely at 65 to 80. Three games that are 55 to 65% win possibility. That's nine games kind of in that range uh, where if they got hot and really are that much better without Chandler Parsons and they go take all of them, well then all of a sudden, you know, that nine more wins uh, would take Memphis to 49 wins and have them one behind uh, the Jazz as well. Memphis has won four in a row and looks great. Big game tonight for Memphis. Uh, Memphis plays New Orleans, I believe, tonight. It's one of those kind of middle-pack games. Uh, Memphis tonight is a, is a pick'em game, 47% uh, for Memf- win possibility for Memphis tonight. And so if they win it, that's that's a big bump for them. That's, that's getting them one of those games that we're talking about that they're expected uh, to win, and they are playing so much better. Uh, We'll see. The next big one for the OKC and the Clippers is not for a little while. The Clippers are in Dallas um, on the 23rd, I believe. So Thursday night. We play Wednesday or off Thursday, Friday. They're in Dallas. That's their next kind of big one. Uh, it's a pick them either way. It could swing them, you know, one way or the other uh, before we head down there on the 25th, an early game, and our win possibility in that, according to 538, is only 35%. Right now, uh, 538 projects us at 49 wins, projects the Clippers at 49 wins, projects the Grizzlies at 47, and the Thunder at 47. I have it a little differently than that, but that's the basic concept. So uh, right now we'd have to pull off the surprise win in L.A., get that tiebreaker uh, if we're going to get home court. So that Saturday game is mammoth and obviously taking care of um, the games in between. So what's the what's happened uh, with the Jazz? First off, the stars are just great. Uh, you know, so, so awesome to see the play, the incredible play of the of Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert. 
the guy, they're just incredible. So the stars, just great. I mean, Gordon was big time, and so was Rudy last night. Uh, it's unfortunate that that is not enough. Uh, some of what's happened to the Jazz is two things. The bench that we had hoped so much to be so strong this year is not. Uh, Alec Burks has not found his groove. He's really he's not found a comfort zone. He's not finding a way to help the team when he's on the floor a great deal. He, he scored a little bit the other night. He's busting his butt. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be rooting harder for anyone other than Alec with just the injuries he's gone through and the problems he had medically and uh, but the fact is, he's he's just trying to find himself, and a little bit of what's happening. I feel like they are not the Jazz are not playing with a lot of juice, and some of not playing with juice is a lack of confidence. So if you kind of go to last night and you just look at like, okay, so Alex coming off the bench, that's probably where you need some juice. Like Alex, nine of his last thirty, he's got a career low from three right now. He's eleven of his last thirty-two inside five feet. Like he's not going to play with a lot of juice. Right, I mean, like he's really trying to find himself as a player. Um, Dante is not playing with a lot of juice, and really had a tough, tough game yesterday. His, his, t- he's not playing the point as well as he's playing off the ball with George Hill right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't evolve um, a little bit with that. Then Joe Ingles is has had to play thirty plus minutes a night here with the Rodney Hood injury. Like, Joe Ingles is really good, has done a lot of um, strong things for the Jazz this year, has emerged as a, you know, a knockdown three-point shooter. Joe Ingles' body, to me, is not made to be a a 30-minute-a-night guy. Like, that's just not, like, that's not Joe Ingles. Right? Like, and he played 36 against Cleveland and 36 against Chicago. And then against Indiana, he's one of three from the field, missing a few free throws. Still got seven rebounds and five assists, which is a great tribute to just kind of what he, you know, how hard he works himself. But I'm not sure that that's who Joe Ingles really is. Like, the Rodney's just inability to stay on the floor. Joe Ingles' minutes recently 36, 28, 32, 28, 23, 26, 27, 36, 27. Like, that, he's averaging. In the month of March, he's probably averaging close to 30 minutes a game. Did anybody, and, and I, I hope, like, if Joe's listening or Renee's listening back home or a big Joe, like, I like I never looked. Joe's averaging 29.4 minutes in March. He's doing a pretty good job shooting 46% and 45% from three, but I'm also not sure that we ever thought of Joe Ingles as a 30-minute-a-night guy, right? This is, I mean, he's improved himself an awful lot, but, now that's that's a big ask on Joe right now, and so that's that I think is where I mean he's still playing well, but I think that's wearing him down. Joe Johnson's gone from playing twenty minutes a night on second tier guys to playing thirty minutes a night against marquee guys, and you can tell in since the all since March when Derek kind of went out, he's shooting thirty eight percent from the field and twenty four percent from three. So the juice, and the juice is lacking a little bit because I think we've got some guys that are 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 being stretched a little bit beyond uh, beyond what they're capable of of doing, uh, or 
that's a hard way to phrase it, but they're being stretched. Okay, let's just leave it at that. So, uh, you know, you have, and, and that I think, and then you, and then Jeff Withy, it, uh, it's Jeff Withy, right? So you're asking Jeff Withy, and so you look at the game the other night, and in the first quarter, the Pacers go on a 17 to four run that coincides. You know, with Joe Ingles checking in, and then Dante checks in and has a really tough stretch, and then Boris checks in, then Neto checks in for Dante, then Alec Burks checks in, and Jeff Withy checks in, and that's the 17, well, that's going on is the 17-4 to run. Right, then they go on a, they go on a 10-2 run at the exact same point in the third quarter that they went on their 17-5 to run in the first quarter. And it coincides with, you know, Joe Ingles, Boris Diaw, Howell Neto, Alec Burks and Jeff Withy all checking into the game. You know, that's Jazz starters last night were plus two in the time they were on the floor. Not a lot, but they were, you know. And then they all came back out on the floor near the end and I think were plus one. So the bench with the depth and a combination of issues. One, the injuries are zapping guys and stretching them beyond where they are. Two, a bunch of them aren't playing well. Boris is not shooting the ball well. He's not playing with a great deal of zest right now. I'm not sure that's what he is. And I actually think there might be an argument which sounds really contrary to the way right now, but I actually think there might be an argument that you're probably better off. I mean, again, these arguments, you know, the coaching staff will discuss, and it's probably a 51-49 decision, uh, 51% one way, 49 the other, and you can kind of just figure out what you think is best. But I, I could actually make a pretty strong argument that you're better off starting Boris with Rudy as long as Derek's out and then bringing Joe back in off the bench as a power forward. But what part of what's happened with Joe as a power forward because Trey Lyles is just in a in a sophomore slump is now the wing is not, the wings aren't very good, right? Because Alec is not particularly great right now and Rodney's hurt. Rodney's, you know, now got eight games this year where Rodney's come back from injury, he shoots 39% um in those games. And so the team just just lacking that that bounce right now, um, and and it's interesting because I would say also, um, and you know Boris, like Boris is shooting thirty eight percent in February and forty one percent in March, and we're turning to that as the answer to start him again. I think is what I just talked about. Like, what am I talking about? But I think that actually might be the answer. Um, the good news on some of these guys is as the schedule lightens up, there is a level where the more rest they have, the better they seem to be. But um, on the eight, like Joe, and we've talked about this before, when Joe has zero days rest, he shoots 41%, one day rest, 40%, two days rest, 45%, and 48% from three. Three days rest, 56%, and 44% from three. In those 12 games where he's had two or more days rest, he's really, he's incredible. Uh, and actually, if you take it out even further and take the 15 games in which he's had um, that kind of rest, he's even better. And so, you know, but we're not – and that's where some of this resting stuff, like on a Joe Johnson, would make a lot of sense right now. We don't have the depth to do it. You know, Trey Lyles is just just not not in a groove and just kind of – it's sad right now. He's lost. You know, let's let's be – Unfortunately, let's be a little frank about that. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him long term, but maybe getting back home and seeing his parents this weekend and will, you know, will be a spark for him. But he just, you know, since February, I one, I I don't have it exactly, but 
Um, and he had that you know one game of garbage time in Oklahoma City, which we were out down by 30, and so he got a bunch of time, maybe regains it. But uh, according to my notes, and I'd have to, I'm not entirely sure I've updated this, but you know since February one, I think he's 18 of 70, so he's shooting 26 percent since February first. And if you actually back it up to January, it's it's it doesn't tell a vastly different story. So you're turning to Quinn to turn to those minutes right now. So some of these are really tough. Really, really tough right now. And that, to me, is kind of what's happened. I, I don't think we're playing with enough juice. And then you, But it's not because the guys don't care or don't want to. You start to. Then you start to try to figure out, okay, so why are you not playing with enough juice? Well, one of the reasons they're not playing with enough juice is they, they're lacking a little confidence to play well, I think. Um, George Hill uh, gets only one more back-to-back, which is good because he hasn't been quite right. And... George Hill continues to put up really good box score numbers, and I, and so maybe I'm just begging, you know, when everybody else isn't playing as well, you suddenly want something out of him that, you know, guys last two nights has had 18 points a game and seven rebounds and and f- five assists. So like, what are you talking about? But it does feel like there's there's another step there um, that he, where he was impacting games a bit more earlier in the year, but. If you're asking George Hill, who averaged 12 points a game in Indiana last year, to be a 20-point-a-game guy for us, that's that's probably um, asking a bit much. Um, so that's where we are. That, that's a tough little sequence of, of, of losses. Uh, and you really wanted to come out of that trip 3-1 and one or 2-2, or two and two, and, and they didn't. And I just think that, you know, you got some guy, you got a bad combination right now of injuries str- stretching guys beyond – where maybe you their natural role is, and you've got guys surrounding them that are slumping, and so there just aren't a lot of guys picking up uh, that slack. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's not the end of their. They're still one six of their last ten, and uh, but you know they were fifteen games above five hundred at thirty four and nineteen on February eighth, and they're fifteen games above five hundred on March twentieth, right now. So we've been a five hundred team for quite some time now. Uh, and it's, you know, this this part of the schedule is hard. We knew that the whole time. Uh, but this sequence right here is vital. The Knicks on Wednesday, you've got to get the game in L.A. on Saturday with two days rest, come back at the Pelicans, go back on the road, try to get Sacramento, come back, try to get Washington, and suddenly, you know, if you can link five in a row all of a sudden and get to 48 wins here, then the closing murderer's row doesn't, you come into it with a little zest. I'd I, be totally frank, I don't see a team right now that I think is about to go win five in a row, but you know what? They've surprised us before, and and um, you know, last night specifically, there were just it, you know, there were about four or five or six plays where you're like, wow, if you had more force and more attention to the game, you probably win that game. Uh, particularly when you kind of look at you know just balls getting knocked out of guys' hands and uh, the play at the end of the half with Glenn Robinson getting a three and how Will Neto makes those two layups. He played a great game if he made those two layups. Holy smokes, he would have been fabulous. Um, and, uh, and so you, you know, you start to look at some of those kind of things, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe if you look at that a little differently than I am right now, then it doesn't feel then you win that game. And also it's a make or miss league, right? Um, you know, they were 58% on uncontested jumpers last night and we were 43%. That changed. That's the game. You know, we went 15 to 35 on uncontested jumpers. Gordon was nine of 12, uh, but Joe Johnson was one of six. Rodney Hood was two of six. George Hill was 0 of three. George Hill took 14 contested shots. Wow. Um, 
and driving the basket gets you some of those. That's impressive to make seven of them. The and you know they they made six extra uncontested shots that we didn't make. That's twelve points. We lost by seven. Like that's sometimes it's just a make or miss league, and that's probably where last night uh, falls as well. Uh, Adam Silver sent a pretty stern, clear message to the NBA owners yesterday with a memo that says um, that uh, owners need to get involved in decisions to resting players. This is this is a major issue. And the league is going to have to address it in some capacity and change the the emerging culture that says that it's okay. Uh, All right, that is tip-off Locked on Jazz today for you. Brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Thanks so much for them uh, supporting the show and sponsoring. If you're looking for a car, go check it out. If you just got some time, stop by 46 46 South State Street and check out uh, Murdoch Hyundai and uh, say hi to the guys over there. And uh, check out, go test drive that Santa Fe and see if you agree. Uh, with what I tell you about the experience I'm having. That is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked on Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked on Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.